Hey, welcome to the Fanboy Strike Back Weekly Review Podcast, episode 35. Podcast episode thirty-five. I'm David. I'm Eric, and we are the fanboys of Strike Back. Uh, every week, we we read the comics that come out. One of us will write a review of what we thought was the best book on our site, fanboystrikeback.com, and then we'll come here and we'll talk about that best book and everything that came out this week. That week, um, we're going to talk about everything. So there are going to be major spoilers. If you do not want to be spoiled, you might want to pause the podcast and come back later. And Eric, you had uh, the pick this week, and I was shocked because I've never even heard of the book that you picked. Well, it's to to be fair, it's new, and this was only the second issue. It, Terry Moore's Echo is what I picked, and Terry Moore wrote the Strangers in Paradise book, and he's been commissioned by Marvel. I think this, I don't I, I don't remember seeing it yet. So he was going to write uh, Mary Jane Loves Spider Man. Okay. Which would be weird after the failed marriage and all. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it was like a it's supposed to be an in continuity book. Right, right. But uh, I know he's going to do a few. I think he's going to do a few things for Marvel still. But this is his second creator-owned work uh, that he's done after *Strangers in Paradise*, and this is something that he writes himself. He illustrates himself. Uh, it's black and white, so there's no. There's no colorist or anything, but still, it's a, it's a one-man production pretty much for the most part. And uh, I wanted to just kind of give it up for the sheer it, – it's a good book so far. It's it's still early in the run, so I was, I was hesitant to pick it for a book of the week because the story, while it has its footing, it's it's still really early to tell like if these characters are going to catch on. Uh, the story is basically about this uh, secret organization. I, I think they're – government sponsored but they're developing like some kind of like uh, super suit basically and uh, the suit has I think atomic properties with it and the test subjects they, they basically execute the test subject while she's out flying around in the suit and testing it out and the suit explodes over this desert and the the main character of the book is down below taking pictures and pieces of the suit kind of rain down on her and they stick to her and they kind of mold itself together on on the part of her body and it won't come off and basically we, we don't know if she has powers or, or if the suit still works it's just we know it's stuck to her and there's there's weird little reactions so she's basically just having to figure out like what's happening to her where is this coming from and then we also have this thing about the uh, organization who dispatched the person testing the suit they want to find the suit again and have it for themselves and they don't know what happened to it, and they know a piece of it's missing, and so they're, they've contracted out with a, kind of a bounty hunter-esque woman to try and find our main character while she's kind of oblivious to the whole situation. And this book, it's, it's really good. There were a few scenes where she goes to the doctor and is trying to take the suit off, and she doesn't understand the suit ends up uh, shocking the doctor and taking off his fingernail. And it, So we know like there's some part of it that's active, and it's still a, kind of a big mystery of where it's going. Uh, it, it's good. The characters are likable. Uh, there's a little bit. It's it's the only downside about this book is it's 
hitting a little close to the characterizations in Strangers in Paradise. And I know Terry Moore has certain character types that he likes. Uh, and, and basically, that it, I think for any fan of Strangers in Paradise, it's it's hard to disassociate. And plus, the thing is, they are both drawn by him, and so the art, the, uh, art is very similar. And so in, in that case, it's it's still beautiful art. Like The dude, you could tell, like, I, I was late to the Strangers in Paradise bandwagon, and I bought all the trades and I read through them, and you could definitely see where in like he was in 1993 as opposed to 2007, and it it uh, evolved, and so it's it's beautiful art, but um, it still rings a little close. But I thought, you know, the dude writes his own book, he draws his own book, he puts it out uh, on a regular schedule. That's that's pretty damn impressive considering most guys in the mainstream industry can't do that. And so yeah. I, I really want to give it up for that. And I, I do find this book enjoyable. I want to kind of give it more uh, press, I guess. I, I think people who who know about Terry Moore know that this book is out there. But it's still early enough in its run that you can go out and find the first and second issue and get caught up and uh, just check it out and see if you like it. It's definitely not – it has the small character moments that made Strange in Paradise uh, kind of what it was. But this, he went with more of a uh, – sci-fi government-esque uh, twist to it. So there, there's a, a lot more action going on. So okay. it, it's this, interesting. Is this, under, is this under the Marvel icon line, then? It is. Or no, no, sorry, sorry. It's under uh, Abstract Studio. Okay. So right, I might check it out. Yeah, it's good. Uh, something something we do need to talk about, though, that was close to being the, pick of, or the book of the week was uh, Titans number one. Wow, there are a lot of people on the internet that were not happy with this book. Hey, you know what I found is, if if if, if you're gonna like it, you're gonna like it. Basically, if you don't like Judd Winnick, I and I and I don't, I think it's very trendy for comic book geeks to bash on Judd Winnick, and so they do so. What? Where did that start anyway? I don't even know. Uh, I think on the green. Was it his Green Arrow? I think it was the Green Lantern run. Um, because he maybe when he turned Kyle into Ion. No, well, I I think he in that book he injected a lot of. Yeah, he had like, like the social awareness, the yeah. gay rights, and things. I think people are upset about that. And, that's, and I don't understand why. Like yeah, that's that's a good thing to have in a comic book, it, and it grounded. I thought it grounded Kyle in a more realistic world, and it mm-hmm. was great to see him kind of have to face those issues. But he he is known for kind of injecting a lot of social awareness into his books, but people just. I don't know, like, a lot of people like him, and a lot of people just are absolutely turned off by him, and I just don't understand why. Yeah, uh, that's true. But I thought, fans, so. yeah, we, I, I like him a lot, and I thought, for this book, I think Judd Wink has a perfect take on people in their 20s, and say what you will about him being on the real world and stuff like that. I, I think he's been around enough different people throughout his life that he has a very good character way to characterize people in that time of their lives. Right. And so I thought this book was great. I each characterization was true to the character. I thought everyone kind of rang true. Wally seemed more like himself in this book than he does in his own book. Yeah. Um, I like. I love the scene with uh, Nightwing and Bruce. And the whole. I for some reason I just like seeing them together and in the whole thing. I don't have teammates anymore. I like. Uh, first of all, I like. Um... I'm not sure if it's I or Ian. Ian Churchill. A lot of people are complaining about his art, but I really liked his art. And I had to say, I'm very happy to see um, Garfield with the the chops back. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got the he's got some Wolverine sideburns going on. I like that. 
But uh, yeah, no, I I know there was a lot of people like, especially with Church Churchill's art, and they're like, well, if you don't like big boobs and and, and yeah, okay, he he does draw a little gratuitous, but I I don't mind it. Like I I thought it looks good. It, you know, I I don't know. I thought the suits, all the all the costumes have really good detail in them. He's it's, a very good superhero artist. Yeah, I think. like he draws he draws the superhero form pretty much standard. But and he and yeah, okay, there it was. Almost everyone had a gratuitous like butt or boob shot and stuff like that. And you know what? You bunch of prudes. I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind some butt and boobs. Eric Eric likes butt and boobs. You know, I, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily take away from the story aspect at all. And people just like, oh my god, Starfire's naked! I can't believe they're so gratuitous. Well, it doesn't matter who's drawing Starfire. She's always gonna be naked. Yeah, you know what? Starfire, her ever since she was in. Introdu- introduced in 1980, her costume has always left little to the imagination. So, deal with it. So, what <laughs> what didn't you like about this issue? Um, anything? The only thing, the only thing that kept us from being a book of the week for me was, uh, while we did have great setup moments for nearly every character, and we kind of find out where every character is at right now with uh, Garfield with the Doom Patrol. Uh, Roy with the Justice League, Nightwing on his own, uh, mm-hmm. even Starfire with the uh, Animal Man's family still living there. I like that. Uh, we saw them all get into trouble, but other than Nightwing, and then at the end we saw them all meet up at the end, and yeah, it looked like they'd been in a few scrapes, but other than Nightwing, we didn't see anyone get out of that situation. And yeah, so I was really true. curious. I was like, well, you know, there seemed to be some kind of like some gaps, and, and that might get filled in in the next issue and, and such like that. So, so I, is this is this an ongoing or a mini? I think it's an ongoing. I See, was, and that was my that was my only thing that I didn't like about this book is that like like we've talked about is that DC hasn't really given this book much press. Like the only press I've seen is the horrible horrible insert that we've seen in the front of the DC Comics for the past couple of months, which is just is not it does not look good. Yeah. I don't like every Titan having their their own icon, you know, as in it's a little bit forced. That's a little rip-off of the Justice League, I thought. Like, yeah. Sit at a and, um, icons. Like, I totally forgot that, because I remember when we talked about the uh, on the show, when the Titans East one-shot came out, and that's where the story started. Mm-hmm. I read that, and I totally forgot about it. And I, I started this issue, and I was like, part two... And I was like, where did these other Titans, they got hurt? And I was like, oh, I remember that. And so I think they really should at least put some kind of, like, prequel or something at the front to let us know what exactly has been going on. This book could have definitely benefited from a recap page. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, otherwise, you know, they maybe they could have held back the Titans E special for a few months until they were ready with this to come out, like, the, the following yeah. month. But letting it yeah. go like five or six months—that just that hurt it a lot, I think. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, I thought it was good. I'll, I'll I'll give it a try. You know, I I love this group of characters. For me, I think this is like my favorite. It's definitely my favorite group of Titans, and I I have a fondness for all of these characters. So I'm I'm totally in. So right. it's great. JSA number fourteen. Looks good. What this one? I I, I like it. Um, I thought that if if this would probably would have been my pick for the book of the week. See, there, there's a lot I like about it. There's there's so many great small character moments. I love the part at the beginning with Sandman, 
and I don't really know that this was good. Well, and I I loved just that. Like after reading that, I was like, damn, I want more Sandman. Yeah, it kind of creeped me out. Yeah, it it was very creepy. The only thing I thought was kind of irritating was they do sit around and they talk a lot. They just they sit around and they talk and talk and talk and say, okay, well That's now true. we have to debate about who's going to go into action. Then you know, Magog actually shows up at their doorstep, or Gog shows up at their doorstep. Uh, but no, I'm interested. It feels like the whole Kingdom Come thing, while it's been brewing for so long, like finally we're getting some payoff for it. Yeah, and I still, I mean, we we got some interesting tidbits in this because we saw that we finally see um, the Kingdom Come Superman tell the whole JSA that where he was from, all the stuff that happened in Kingdom Come, and so that was that was cool. And then we see that this Gog knows that. Because he sees Superman, he said, "You're the one who let Kansas or yeah, Kansas burn or something like that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I thought that was really interesting. There was because, Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't know any of that. Um, I really like the the reason why I like this book is that I love the the character interactions. Like, I like uh, Tommy and Grant like joking about Gog and not taking you know the whole thing serious. And like, John's definitely. Like, you know that there are older people and younger people, and the personalities are, you know, they're correct. Like, you have Alan Scott trying to talk to these kids, and the kids just aren't taking it serious. Yeah. And I love Jakeem Thunder trying to hit on the lightning girl, and it was just, it was, it's still like just a fun read. And like you said, like, I'm glad something finally happened. Like, at the very end, Gog shows up, there's finally a fight. And hopefully, stuff will keep happening. But I, I'm intrigued because I have absolutely no idea where this is going. This book really reminds me of uh, almost like a, a being back in school. Like it feels like there's so many characters, and it feels like half of them are the teachers and half of them are the students, which they are. But it feels right. like, especially with the younger crowd, like you know, people are trying to. The older ones are trying to be serious and address everybody, and the the younger ones are joking around and. Uh, kind of gossiping with themselves and not really listening. Like this is exactly like a middle school classroom. It feels like, at least yeah. from what I remember. But I was really excited by the last page. I, yeah, I, I was about to say feel, the last panel was freaking awesome. Uh, Alan Scott stepping up and putting on the uh, Kingdom Gum armor and his son Obsidian by his side and the brightest day, blackest night reference. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I love Alan. Scott. Looked, I got really excited when I saw that. It's like you know with all the. With all the Green Lantern press going on and the Sinestro Corps War and stuff like that, it's really easy to see, kind of push Alan Scott aside, but he uh-huh. is a badass, and he's been a badass oh, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, he's the first. Yeah, and so I, I love seeing that. So yeah, I'm, I, the book is still great. There's nothing wrong with it. I just mm-hmm. I'm, The pacing is picking up more and more to where it's regaining my interest. So uh, I think we wanted to talk about Countdown to Final Crisis a little bit. I, this was this was not bad. Ready to go? There was, and the the reason why this was not bad is it had nothing to do with anything that has ever happened in Countdown previously. It was, yeah. I mean, there was a little bit. I mean, it it focused mainly on the Jimmy Olsen aspect, but at the same time, it was basically like Superman and the Justice League show up, or maybe it was just Superman. Yeah, it's just, yeah, basically just Superman. just Superman. And we got the like knockdown Superman Dark Side fight, which. Whenever that happens, that's good. Never gets old. And like the, like I was talking about last last week, the the cover was awesome. Like the Kubrick cover, I loved it. Yeah, the cover was great. 
uh, Freddie Williams' second art inside. Uh huh. I his art's awesome. It's it is good. Like I, I, I loved it, Robin. It was okay in Flash, but it's this here. It's great. Yeah. And the the writing, you know, I love I love Superman getting angry, and like it's it's well past time for me to put you down. Like I just love that angry Superman. Uh huh. So yeah, it, it was good. Um, Jimmy Olsen turns into a weird. J- Jimmy Olsen basically turns it pulls a Jason Todd here and becomes some yeah. giant creature. So yeah, I can't I can't say I was too happy about the end because that's when it had to tie back into the actual story and countdown. But I liked everything other than that. It's like, it was a good like just action issue. So yeah, well, it's only what two weeks left. That's it. Yeah, and then final or uh, not final night, final crisis. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what it's going to look like. I don't believe it. There'll be another one in a year. <laughs> um, how about Tomasi being back on Green Lantern Corps, number 23? Yes, this book just got... This book, in a series of, like, one... From last issue to this issue, there's such a big leap in quality. Yeah, there really, really was. Like, you, you, you realize why, like, we've been talking about Tomasi on this book for so long... They actually did a, an article about him in um, Wizard, and I guess he was just an editor, and all of a sudden, DiDio said, you have to write now. <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting article, so yeah, you should check it out. Stepping up to the plate, yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, they, especially this book, really plays off a lot of old Alan Moore Green Lantern stories, because the whole thing about Sodom Yat, which I just recently found out was, uh, S- Sodom Yat was a... Uh, uh, Alan Moore character that he it, he created in reference basically because he references something in an Evan Sir storyline about how the greatest Green Lantern uh, Sodom Yat will fall in the final night and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, the whole thing with those flowers at the beginning that was for a Alan Moore story about uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and Superman falls under the influence of one of these and it basically puts him in a dream state of him being back on Krypton and basically getting everything he wants and such like that. And I think they actually did a uh, an episode of the Justice League uh, animated series on that uh, yeah. issue as well. Well, and then, and then Johns used that early on in his Green Lantern uh, run, didn't he? Yeah, I'm I think sure he did. Yeah, so, but still, like, just the fact of, like, them gathering up all the lanterns, they kind of give you a brief recap of where all the lanterns are at. Uh, uh-huh. Some of the new Sinestro Corps villains, that weird two-headed guy was just really weird guy gardner being guy gardner i just I, I never get enough of that that was great they're calling all the lanterns together in, a, in an emergency and guy's sleeping and he doesn't even wake up so his ring just starts to carry him off to this big emergency and he just snores the whole way through which is classic the thing i really the thing i loved about this book and anyone listening to the podcast knows i'm a kyle rayner fan but in this book, especially at the end when Kyle stands up to the Guardians and he's basically like, uh, he's being told in those state of the course and a couple of the Green Lanterns have gone missing. He's like, no, we're not going any farther until we find out what happened to these two. We're, this is what we're exploring and, you know, screw you. And he's leading this team of Green Lanterns. And it's like, I, I realized reading this, like, I followed this character from the moment he was like standing in an alley and happened by chance to get the very last Green Lantern ring. And he was the Green Lantern of, on his own for years and years, and now here he is. He's brought back the Guardians, he's brought back the core, and here he is leading a, an elite team of Green Lanterns. Like, give it up for Kyle Rayner. Like, I just love this character, and I love that we've seen this progression in him. 
Yeah, you've seen pretty much the ultimate progression of him. You saw him alone. He start. He joined the Titans, then the JLA, rebuilding the core, and now, like, yeah, you've seen. It's amazing, and it's like we're so lucky because we've seen all of that. You know, we've been there for pretty much the whole time. Yeah, and the thing is, they've they haven't changed the essentials of his character. Like, he's still the introspective artist, and yeah. that's the thing that makes him unique amongst the Green Lanterns, but still, where he is now, from where he was, it was a logical progression. It didn't just, like, a new creative team came on and be like, well, let's change him and make him more gruff. Like, there was a very logical progression in his character. And everything that he's been through, all the people that he's lost, has kind of led him to this point. And he, like, you know, I know everyone just is in love with Hal Jordan right now, but my God, like, Kyle Rayner... I I miss him almost being the uh, the the main Green Lantern, but I, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that this book exists to give him some spotlight. Yeah, it seemed like I obviously I wasn't a big fan of the core book coming back, um, and when it first started, it wasn't all that great. But ever since the Sinestro Core War, it seems like this book definitely has a focus and it has a direction. And I thought it was a great idea to to split them up and have Kyle and Guy out in space and that they're basically the main characters in this book. And, like, I'm, I mean, I, I'm always willing to admit when I was wrong. And, like, when the core book came out, I was like, don't make this book, this is horrible. And now it's like, this is, it's it's great because it, it is a standalone book, but it's a great companion to the actual Green Lantern book. And that's exactly what it should be because I don't think the core book can really truly be on its own you know like it has to at least tie in to what's going on with Hal Jordan what's going on on Earth and the overall story yeah and Johns and Tomasi are doing a great job of like you know double teaming that yeah and I'll admit too both David and I have when the when the core came back we both groaned and we're like oh you know because we're big fans of the last Green Lantern and while the core was great you know it was it was almost better just to have Kyle on his own. And I think since the Sinister Core War and, and with this book being around and with Guy being back and, and everything like that, and with John and and, and Hal, I, I understand now why there needs to be a core. And, I, and right. I'll admit that while I groaned, I'm glad the core is back now, especially, you know, with the, the Superboy Prime fight in uh, Infinite Crisis, the Sinister Core War, this book... I understand the need for that cohesive team, and this is and, and when you look at it, this is it's a force, but it's a, it's also a team of people who operate better and, and more efficiently than any of other superhero team book out there. Like better than JLA, better than Justice Society. This is a group of people that get shit done. Yeah. So I I'll admit, like I am glad that the core is back. Uh, another uh, book. Another number two issue, I guess, that came out this week was Criminal Volume 2, number two, uh, by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. And, again, wow, this this book is just awesome on so many levels. It's uh, it's set back in the 70s and basically tells the story of the father of the two characters that were the two the two from the first volume. There was, mm-hmm. there was two arcs, and they were about two brothers, and this is about their father. And this is just pure up. Uh, pure, like, straight 70s uh, anti-hero noir, like, action movie. Like, it's... It's... I can't even describe it. Like, it's dark, it's gritty, 
and it's such a cliche to say, but there's something about the art. It, it still feels, I said it before, it feels like a, how you'd see the art in like Batman Year One, but it's just the dark lines, the shadows across the faces, things aren't exactly clear, and there's no real good person in this book to root for. You just, basically, it's a tragic story about just, like, let's just take a character and just throw him over the, you know, over the edge. But mm-hmm. it's fascinating to watch, and while you can't really relate to it, it's still just a fun read. And if you're any kind of fan of, of noir or, or crime fiction or anything like that, like, this is better than, you know, most stuff you see in the movies, so... Yeah, I'll probably pick it up on trade. I like the first volume a, a lot. Yeah, it was good. Um, the last book that I wanted to mention was Fantastic Four, number 556. Uh, this book was pretty good. Uh, not much happened at the very end of the last issue in this this new world that uh, Reed Richards' ex-girlfriend is building. There was a huge Captain America-like robot who keeps the peace. There's no weapons allowed, there's no fighting, basically nothing. And he escapes into the actual Marvel Universe where there are a lot of weapons, there are a lot of threats, and he starts targeting bases, military bases, um, nuclear power facilities, all this stuff. And it's, it's cool. It's like a good idea. Um, the only thing that it was a little bit iffy about this book is that I have finally realized now after Secret Vision coming out last week that this story is not going to be in Marvel continuity right now. And I didn't think about that before and I should have known that, but I, it was kind of hard. Because, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's kind of hard because you see this Cap, um, this Cap robot basically tear through every single hero. Like, the New Avengers, the Mighty Avengers, there's X-Men, and the Fantastic Four show up. Reed Richards is off. He's on, like, in the negative zone, trying to do some experiment. And I didn't know how to really really take that, because I've been so excited about Secret Evasion, and I really love this book. And I just, like, I should have realized that it wasn't going to be in continuity, and I didn't, and so all of a sudden that kind of just took me out of it for a, a, a real big minute you know it's just like ah that kind of sucks because i was really looking forward to you know seeing the whole sue richards uh scroll thing how that's going to relate in a fantastic four book and i don't think i'm going to see that for a while no you're going to see i think that's going to be mainly in the secret invasion book but yeah which which, you know is a plus and a negative some people are going to be happy because it's self-contained which is good, but on the other hand, you know. Well, I think they're taking a page from the Astonishing X-Men. It's just, you know, to tell a good, cohesive story, it, right. doesn't, it doesn't have to branch out into everything else in the world. I understand that that's kind of what you wanted to see, but at the same time, this is allowing them to tell their story. Right, right. And I, I would have been totally fine with it if I would have just, like I said, if I, sh- I should have known that before and I just didn't think about it. But, um... There, it was, there was a very, very cool ending to this book where the the Cap robot goes through all the heroes, and there's basically no one left to defend it, and it's going to start targeting all these different plants, all these different bases, and like you can, it's, you're basically seeing this all from a control room, where all these people are trying to figure out what to do, where it's going to go, they're getting frantic, they're, 
they're talking about like informing the UN and going global and shutting everything down. And the last panel is just Reed Richards coming through a portal saying, it's okay, I'm here, I'm going to take care of it. Which is cool, because you don't think of Reed Richards being the badass guy who's going to get the last panel. You know, that that's reserved for Wolverine. But in this book and in the situation, this is this is his forte. So, like, I was actually, like, really, really excited to see that. So <laughs> This is time, finally. I know. Yeah, so well, it was yeah, it was it was a big week, and there was a lot more books to talk about, but um, yeah, that, that would have gone on forever. Uh, I do have a fanboyish question, both to the, to David and the audience. I've been, okay. been doing a little research, and uh, David and I were just talking about the Jedi Knight Two game and how the Jedi Outcast and how great that was, and David's thinking about going back and, and replaying through it. I am really looking forward to the uh, uh, what's the the, the new Star Wars game that's going to be coming out in September. Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed, yes. It looks yeah. phenomenal. And it's going to be it's, it's going to be an event, much like Shadows of the Empire was in the late 90s. And so here, here's my conundrum. I know mm-hmm. the, the, the top shelf... Oh, I know what you're going to ask me. Yeah, the, the top shelf versions are going to be on PS3 and Xbox. But there is a version coming out for Wii that will have the specific control features plus uh, a, a, an arena mode. Now, I I do love the controls of the Wii, and I think using the nunchuck to force push and pull things and using the wand as, as a semi-lightsaber-ish you know lightsaber-ish device uh-huh. just gets me all a flutter. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. And I've seen the screens for the Wii version, and they don't look bad. They look right. pretty good. But mm-hmm. at the same time... I, I want to know what I'm going to be missing with the PS3 and the Xbox 360 versions, and which which should I go for? Okay. What do you think? I have, like, we've kind of established that I am more of a hardcore gamer. I have a Wii, a PS3, and an Xbox 360. Uh, I've always been a Sony fanboy, and you know that, mm-hmm. and I would recommend a PS3. Is it because uh, the graphics? Like, I know this is going to be a showcase game, too, and the, the visuals are just supposed to be spectacular. Right. I mean, I don't think pretty much the visuals on 360 and PS3 are going to be the same. The PS3 has a faster processor, so you might get less chug time, but you never know because that could happen on 360 or PS3. I think the main thing is PS3, you're going to have a Blu-ray player, and I think with this game, you're definitely going to want to go with one of the two and not the Wii, because a big part of this game is, like, using the Force in a realistic way and, like, realistic physics. And I know that's a big part of, like, if you if you knock down a Stormtrooper or use the Force to pick something up, you're going to use that, and it's going to have the physics engine, and it's going to look real. And you're not going to get that on the Wii. You know it's you're gonna get the that same movement, but it, it's not gonna be the the Wii isn't capable of displaying those that physics in like like the PS3 or the Xbox 360 lives, mm. and that's gonna be huge. That's probably gonna be the biggest difference. That's gonna be like night and day. Okay, yeah. So I, I was I don't, like for this, I need I need to get this on a showcase system because. But then, but then, but we're also looking at the overall thing because I would have recommended 
the PS3 and the Xbox for you also, because Rock Band is on those, and I know you're a big Rock Band fan, but Rock Band is also coming out for the Wii in June. Right, right. Well, the, the thing is also, I, I'm going to need to get that Ghostbusters game that's coming out later next well, that's year. True. That's and true. That's, and the Wii version is going to be like, well, well, the PS3 and Xbox look like the movies, the, the Wii version looks like the cartoon, basically. And so it's not it's not the same experience. And Plus, I, you got Soul Calibur coming out too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's it's not. I know I'm going to eventually have to break down and buy one of the system sooner or later. But the thing I, I love I, I love the idea of the control scheme on the Wii. But at the same time, I don't want that. The whole thing about this game will be immersing myself in in that world, and so. Visual, yeah, but like, see, you and I have very different uh, takes on the Wii. Like, I don't really like the Wii, and you do. Like, the idea of me using the Wiimote to play the Force Unleashed is not appetizing at all. Like, I'm just like, I definitely would not want to do that because I just think it's gimmicky. I but see, I think you. I don't know. I'm gonna disagree with you. I, I think it adds a different level of experience to the game. Like like with Metroid Prime 3, the whole thing, you, I used that nunchuck in Wii in like a whole different aspect. And it, was, it wasn't it was Yeah, It added the experience. I think the only thing that would make me worry of that is that Metroid Prime 3 being a Nintendo game, it was a first-party game. So it was formatted for the Wii and the Wii alone. The Force Unleashed, not so much. So I can see the controls being a little bit iffy. Okay. So I don't know. Okay. That is that is my opinion. I, my opinion would be PS3. Okay. That is my opinion. Well, if you would like to uh, let me know what your opinion is, I'd, I'd love to hear it because I'm lost. I'm just out here in video game limbo. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can write us at contact at fanboystrikeback.com, and that's where we uh, get all our emails. And uh, if we get emails, we'd love to share them on the show. So please write us with questions or anything like that. We will definitely answer them on the show. Uh or you can go to our website at www.fanboystrikeback.com, and that is where we post our weekly reviews, uh, movie re- uh, movie reviews, and movie trailers, and just general uh, comic book goodness. Any anything we can find, it's it's a hodgepodge of wonderful things. So uh, we also have a link to our forums on there, and that's where we uh, post topics that we talk about on the shows and things we don't talk about on the shows, and uh, we love to talk about things with the audience and so we love to see you on there and go ahead and go on there and if you want to start a topic that we haven't discussed uh, get our opinions about things we you haven't heard uh, feel free to start a topic and uh, love to see you on there and then you can find our podcasts on iTunes yep iTunes podcast alley any podcatcher out there now, if you like the show please leave us a review if you leave us a review it's gonna it's gonna put us up higher in the database so more people can see us and that way you're helping us out and spread the word of mouth and you know if you have friends that might like the show and really who wouldn't uh tell them about it you know just uh say hey check this out you might like it and like eric said come over to the forums uh we'll probably put up a little post asking what he should get a ps3 or Wii so you can or a ps3 or an xbox not just this the Wii. Right, and, uh, you can vote and let him know what he should get. And, um, yeah. A couple of weeks, some big stuff's gonna happen. Final Crisis. Uh, Iron Man will be coming soon, can... so we'll have the review of that. Yes. And then after uh, that, shortly after that, Indiana Jones. So. 
Indiana Jones, the Seattle Comic Con. Uh, we're getting into the summer. May it's is be a good. big month. It's going to be a very big month. So we're looking. I'm getting married soon. Jeez, oh, it's going to be crazy. David's taking the plunge. So I know he. We were hoping for a superhero themed wedding. I, we're gonna. There's gonna be some superhero and Star Wars stuff involved. We'll Excellent. say that. Excellent. Well, I'm bringing my Green Lantern ring just in case. So good man. Okay, well, that does it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more comic book news and reviews, and uh, we will hopefully see you then. Until then, I'm Eric. I'm David. I'll see you next time.